Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast. Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and business. Let's get into this next episode. Hey, everybody. We're back with another episode of Resilient Love. And we have a special guest with us, Miss Sherry. Um, And she already made it known that she's going to bring us some goodies. So I am just excited for you guys to join in this conversation. But before we get there, we love to do our new segment, Question of the Day and Rate Your Day. So we're going to go ahead and start off with Rate Your Day. So how would you rate your day? Uh, my day is a five. Oh, off gay. Okay. Excuse me. I, well, good day. Good client interactions. Had a pretty smooth selling day. And that's good. For me, I give myself a five too. I, I called my mom and Q and I said, this has been a really good day. What about oh. you, Miss Sherry? Well, I have to admit that it's been a slow starting day, so it's been building throughout the day. I think if you'd asked me this morning, I would have said three, and I'm definitely at four now, so maybe by the end of the day, it'll have peaked. Okay, yeah, the day is not over yet. (laughs) So even you guys that are listening, just let us know in the comments, how would you rate your day at the time of you listening or viewing this video? Um, So now, what's our question? I think we should jump into this or that. Um, you're not going to do the question of the day? Oh. <laughs> so the question of the day is, <laughs> what's, uh, what would you call your favorite date night? We want to go to Miss Sherry. What's your favorite date night activity? You know, uh, this is a really good question. I actually think about this a lot. Um, I really like the the boring every day, go to dinner and have my husband's attention. Um, I, I would love to say that I have big fantasies about grand adventures, but really it's that sitting and talking and having his undivided attention that just really touches my heart in a way lots of other things can't. Oh, that's nice. nice. Um, she took my answer. Okay. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I will say my favorite day night is actually when Quentin and I were home making candles. We so I'm a craft girl too. So that's that's a favorite. Um I would have to say uh, kind of the dinner and a movie. That's that's me. That's a good night for me. So I love these answers because when you ask people what their ideal is or the date that they want, they often give you these really elaborate or grand schemes. And the things that really matter most are these everyday little interactions that just, you know, they're just kind of the norm, but they're those places where you connect really deeply. 
Oh, oh, she already, she getting geared up. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. We're going to leave the this or that to the wars, the end of our conversation. So, um, Miss Sharon, we're going to go ahead and pass it to you just to share even more with our listeners of who you are in your uh, field. Sure, I am a relationship coach. Um, I work with couples. Uh, I'm sort of shifting a little bit. I'm focusing on working with women who want to improve their relationship, but their partner doesn't participate. And that may be that they're just reluctant to participate, or they don't even think that there is a problem. Uh, But a lot of times women are kind of the early warning sign. They're like paying attention and they see those early warning signs. And maybe it's hard for them to convince their partner to do any work on the relationship before it gets to be a crisis. Um, So my background is that I have been a psychotherapist specializing in couples therapy for 20 years. Um, And so my real mission in life is to help couples have extraordinary relationships. That's not okay to have a just good enough or a fine relationship. Yes. Off gay, it's not good enough to just have a fine relationship. We need to have that extraordinary, that good, good, awesome. <laughs> 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 to the moon and beyond. But anyway, so that is great. I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Q because now that you've shared your background, I feel as though off gay, you were already sharing some great tidbits, but I'm ready to get into some more absolutely so one of the questions we want to ask you our podcast is centered on love and life how about your love life can you share a piece of your story with us absolutely um so my husband and i have been together for almost 20 years and one of the reasons that i knew that he was the right guy for me. I'll tell you this story. But this story also kind of got me started wondering about how to work with couples. So I grew up in a family where when you argued, like you threw down the gauntlet. Like, you know, like it was going to be loud. It was going to be intense. And each person knew that they were going to argue until they won. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I weren't, we were together just a few months. We weren't even together very long. And we start, we had an argument, we had disagreement. And I start to get like in my groove and I just know that I am going to win and I have all of my arguments laid out. And he left. He left. He left the house. I was like, wait, wait, what? what just happened here? So I fall apart. I'm crying. I'm, I'm just devastated. I think this is the end. So he comes back. He comes back. He sits down and he's ready to talk. And I was like, what just happened here? This isn't how you work through problems. Right. In that time, I had been able to calm down. I saw that he calmed down and then we actually had a productive conversation. Mm -hmm. 
And it was the very first time it occurred to me that maybe you can work through problems differently. And so from there, I started to get curious about what are the tools and the tricks and the things that couples can use to actually have a really good relationship. And I think that really started me on that path of working with couples. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Like, I just love how he just said, you know what, I'm going I'm I'm to take a break. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> and it shifted the whole dynamic and started you on this awesome journey of helping others. And um, I think it's time for us to get into those habits. Like, how do we have these habits where we don't have to work hard, but these habits build, give us those building blocks to keep our relationships going? So the relationship habits are one of the three pieces that couples need to have working well in order for their relationship to work well. So relationship habits are really easy to understand. And when you, when you hear them, you can start doing things differently like today. Like this isn't complicated. You can just start doing it differently today. So we all have habits. Some habits are good. Some habits are not so good. <laughs> well, we also have habits in our relationship. And so the more good habits that you have in your relationship, the more you can almost put your relationship on autopilot. Now, it doesn't mean that you just do those things without thinking about them, but you don't have to create space in the relationship for them. So a relationship habit is something that you do every day that provides some space for connection. And they're usually very tiny things. They're things like saying good morning, talking before you leave in the day, um, saying hello in a meaningful way when you get back together, making eye contact when the other person walks in the room, actually looking happy to see each other. Isn't that a crazy idea? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eating dinner together, having some discussion every day about your day, having a way of saying good night. Now, couples find the habits that are the most meaningful for them. So those are just some ideas, but couples always surprise me. They'll come up with something I've never thought of before, and it's their thing. So having those things as habits means that you do them every day. It means that you don't have to find time on your schedule to connect with each other. You don't even have to think about it because you know that that space is going to be there. Now, you still have to bring some energy to it. You can't just, you know, phone it in, has to have some energy to it. But when you make those things habit, then they kind of anchor the relationship and they give it a lot of security. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the little things because um, Quentin and I have a habit of call. He calls me uh, right before I get off work. I'm a teacher, and so he knows that gap of time, and so he'll try to catch me in the gap um, or my lunch. He'll try to catch me in that gap. So um, he definitely does that touch points um, to to say you all right. <laughs> and I'll say just as a growth. Uh... That wasn't me two years ago. 
Yeah. So I, I was really a stickler for work is work and I'll talk to you when I get off. I, I, I had this military mindset that everything was, and that's, that's not, that's not functionable in a relationship. It isn't, but you can use it to your advantage because if you're very like time structured, then you can say, this is going to be my habit. And then you just slip it into the rest of your day. Like, you know, that you call her at that time and that's when you guys connect. And so you just do that. Uh, The other thing about this is that when you don't do it, like, it feels really odd. Uh, my husband, <laughs> yeah. My husband and I connect. We have this rule that whoever comes into the house second has to find the other person. Now we have kids. We have a dog. Sometimes uh, I'm usually the person who comes in second. Uh, sometimes I'll get waylaid by something, and I won't come and find him right away. And when I don't, or when he doesn't, for me, both of us are like, "Where were you?" what happened? Like mm-hmm. you, you didn't show up. Um, and so ha- making it that habit makes it something that you both look forward to and you feel that absence when it doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm telling you when, uh, <laughs> cause I had, I'm gonna share this a little bit. I had first period planning. So that was a gap of time that was much earlier in the morning. And so when I started this particular semester I don't have that early morning gap and so anyway I was like I miss having that early morning gap because me and him would like really have that touch point but now that I have this different set of time it's like "Mm, I catch it when I can but you know like you said just working through those changes so that's that's so good I mean your habits your habits so when you do this well you end up with a whole bunch of them throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also kind of frees up your time in between because you don't, your, your partner knows that you're thinking about them. They, they feel cared about. And so you can go and turn your attention to the other things of your life without having to put a lot into the relationship. Yeah. I mean, ah, it's so good. The habits. So, you know, I got to bring up a habit. I found a quote. And so I want to see your thoughts on this quote. And it goes like this. When forced to choose between your career and your spouse, your friends and your spouse, or even your family and your spouse, you must always choose to put your spouse ahead of the rest. If your first loyalty isn't to your spouse, then you don't really understand the meaning of marriage from Dave Willis. What are your thoughts? Well, I have really mixed feelings about it because in a really good relationship, there's a lot of room for each individual to grow and thrive. So yes, you do need to put your spouse first, but putting your spouse first doesn't mean those other things don't happen. It means that they're the high... They're that highest priority. You make sure that that it's like if you have a blank calendar in front of you, Mm -hmm. you would put in those time periods with your spouse 
and then you'd put in all the other pieces. And most people do it the opposite. They put in their work, they put in their kid responsibilities, right. and then they put in their spouse. And that can work as long as the spouse gets the time and energy that they need. So yes, no, little bit of some, little <laughs> bit of the other. I thought that was I thought that was going to be good because I said I wonder what she's going to say to this quote because there was actually different social media uh trending topics of uh who who gets the plate first at Thanksgiving <laughs> is it your husband or the kids so it was just little stuff like who you know who do you serve first as the wife quote unquote and so I, I also bring up this quote just to say um when when a woman or a man has that career focus type mindset it can become challenging to really see how what's the hierarchy of priority if i can say it that way you can you know this is relationships are so unique to the two people who are in that relationship mm -hmm. and so i think for some couples that giving their spouse that plate first symbolizes them as being the most important. But I think that there are other couples that they would both agree that feeding the kids first would make more sense because then they get that quiet, like that those few minutes of quiet where they get to sit by themselves. So I really think that creating a good marriage is a process of co-creation. Like it's supposed to be both of your opinions that come together in this very unique way that creates this relationship that you both feel like is this amazing thing that only the two of you could create. So when you look for those rules that are going to fit for every relationship, a lot of times you're going to find that they don't fit very well. Okay. That's good. I have a slight question. It's just, it came to me. It's, it's on this topic of oftentimes, I just, I feel like this is for some, a listener out there somewhere. When a lot of times you see the habit of people putting more value on their job than their relationship where they're, they may as simple as be on time for work, but not on time for date night. Or they'll look over their client stuff the night before, but they won't study and see, okay, what can we do for the month? So how do, how do you keep that value structure set in your mind to say, okay, let me give an equal share of value for both? I think that this again has to do with the two people in the relationship. What you described, there are going to be a lot of couples who are going to say that is the symbol that I have my partner's attention, I, that I'm the highest priority. But there are gonna be other couples and they're gonna be like, you know what, that's not it. The fact that every now and then they bring me a gift out of the blue is the thing that says, they're thinking about me at these random times and I actually permeate all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna have other couples where they're gonna say, um, it isn't the calendar that is the biggest thing. It isn't that time priority. It's that when we sit down and talk, we can joke and talk about anything. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think, yes, if that is, 
if that is that symbol that you are the most important thing to your spouse, then they better pay attention to that. But I think it's more important that you know what is important to your spouse and you know what touches your heart the most. And then you sprinkle your life with those things. I like that. Sprinkle, like that. sprinkle your life with those it's, things. It's almost as if being a continuous student of your spouse. Yes. Yes. You only have to be an expert on one person in life. Only one. Your kids for a little bit, like for a season, but really there is only one person that you need to be a student of and be an expert in, and that is your spouse. And if you have that attitude, then you're going to continue learning them and continue finding out how they're changing and doing the things that matter the most to them. Uh, yes. Yep. I surprised Q with these, these uh, nails. <laughs> It was like, oh, bright colors. See? So that's perfect. Learning and growing together. I got one more scenario for you. Okay. So when it comes to leadership, because I know we're talking about habits that develop the relationship, but when you hear a, a, a couple come into the office or over the you know session, they share, um, well, I don't feel like this, I don't feel like my husband is leading me or, or I don't feel as though I feel like I am the man of the house, although I'm the woman. Um, what would you say, or what are the steps that that couple needs to take? We get such mixed messages around this. Um, I'll tell you how I worked through this. Um, I come from a fairly conservative Christian background and was raised with some really strong Christian ideology around marriage. Um, and I met my husband and he and I, when we met, it was like we fell in step together, walking down a path, fell in step together. So I really never doubted that he was the right person for me. And that has, that's been true for the last 20 years. Um, we still stay in step together. He told me early on that he was not a leader. He had no desire to be a leader. And that just wasn't what the role that he was going to play in our relationship. And I had to really wrestle with that because um, that's, that was the, the set of values that I'd been raised with. But when I let go of those values and I looked at the situation, I am a natural born leader. This is the set of skills that God has given me. I didn't, I didn't decide to be a leader. It just comes very naturally to me. I was with someone who didn't want that leadership, who said, this is not my set of skills. And so at some point I had to, to kind of set those values that I'd been raised with aside and say that this framework doesn't fit us. Can we have an extraordinary relationship without falling into that normal pattern? And mm -hmm. we have, we have had an extraordinary relationship. We have weathered many challenges. Um, and being the leader, being the leader also means being a servant leader. 
So sometimes being in that leadership position actually doesn't give you more authority, doesn't give you more power. It actually means that you set your needs aside so that you make sure that everyone else's needs are met. So when we talk about leadership that way, that becomes much more of a partnership regardless of who that designated leader is. See, you know, I, I can I let that marinate for one second because we have that almost goes into, and this is my educator hat coming on. This goes into gender roles when we talk about the police officer versus the teacher. Typically, who would that be? Who would typically be the librarian or the nurse? You know, so on and so forth. So I feel as though your your response to that question was definitely eye-opening for me because that's what I was raised up as. That does not, your husband, and I'm not trying to speak in your household, but I'm sure he's leading in other capacities. Yes. And that still Absolutely. gives him a leadership role, but in a different way. So I think we have to let go of that traditional traditionalism yeah. and, and step into unless the person does unless it fits both people there are lots of couples that that fits very well for and they embrace that and that's that's how they were raised and that's their their natural strength mm -hmm. um, but i do think what you said is very accurate like we we take leadership roles in all sorts of different ways even in a very traditional relationship very often the wife is the leader of the household, how that runs and child, the child rearing. So even in that scenario, usually the husband isn't the de facto leader over everything. He's just the leader of maybe the big picture. The big picture. Right. Right. And, and when, when how do you feel about that husband? <laughs> I think it's a lot of, um, you have to begin to reprogram your mind from just a stereotype, your, your upbringing, and then that traditional stereotype. And as I'm thinking, like talking about it, I'm thinking about for me growing up around military, uh, it would, when I first saw a husband that was to not the military person and the wife was that was weird for me and I didn't know how to take it because I've always seen it okay the man's the military guy she's at the house that's how I grew up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was very rare yeah I think that military example is a great example when you think about um, even the husband as the man the person who's in the military he goes off for extended periods of time, and the wife is left with the whole picture. So if he is the leader and they stick to that, that structure very closely, then that would bring the family almost to a screeching halt because things couldn't progress. So I think it's much more important to have this idea of fluidness that you're really looking for what works for the two of you in this season of life with the circumstances that you have. Mm. Yeah. 
That's good. Wow. Y'all just got a free session with us, Resilient Love. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, you know, um, Miss Sherry, what, what is that main thing going back to your husband, you all's 20-year journey and beyond, right? What 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 has made you more resilient? How have the things you experienced in your life made you more resilient? I think one of the things that makes us different than other couples is what we emphasize. I remember having a conversation probably 10 years ago, and it was with a couple that got married about the same time that we did. And we were talking about our history and they said, we had this happen and we had that happen. And they named all these really hard things that had happened in their marriage. And I looked at my husband and I was like, oh, we're so lucky. Like we didn't, we didn't, it, it doesn't feel like it's been that hard. And then I took a moment and I really thought about it. And I was like, oh, we have as many things that have happened in our relationship as this other couple. But we don't emphasize that as the most important part of our story. Those were just the things that we worked through. When we think about our story, we think about overcoming those things or the growth that we experienced or when that came to an end, what a relief that was. So I think resiliency in, in relationships is to some degree about what you emphasize, what you think is most important. Yeah, you sometimes we do highlight the the rough patches, but not the actual triumphant times. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, man, I really enjoyed this conversation. Miss yes. Sherry, share with everybody where they can follow and stay connected. Yeah, there's two places you can find me. Both are really neat places. One is my website. It's where all of my stuff is. Uh, that's at sherrytimco.com. But the other place that you can find me, and this is kind of a project of my heart, is that on Facebook, I started a community to support couples. Um, it's called Date Night Community. And the main focus is to encourage couples to spend some time with each other every week. We have encouragement and tips and all sorts of engagement. It's just a fun place to be. Um, and I really love that we've been able to keep it very positive. I think that there are a lot of other places that are not, not necessarily as supportive or kind to marriage. And that's a, that's a big value of mine. Yeah. Well, listen, Ms. Sherry, we've enjoyed you. And I hope everybody listening has enjoyed as well. I will close out with a this or that. Do you okay. prefer coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Hands down. I drink tea all day. Okay. Well, let me go get a, a cup of coffee now because <laughs> <laughs> we just have, look, I drink coffee in the day and the night. I love coffee. You? Coffee all day. Well, hey, Miss Sherry, we'll send you some tea from North Carolina. But <laughs> due to it depends on the circumstances. I am tea sometimes. Sometimes. You There's see some how? really good tea out there. Yeah. It is. I'll find one eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Resilient Love. Love. See ya.
Thank you to all listeners and subscribers. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple so that we can continue sharing resilient love. Thanks for listening.